welcome everybody back who was here yesterday. And I want to welcome everybody new who has come today. We're, we're picking up from our pause in the conversation that we had yesterday about death and transformation. And for the people who were not here yesterday, I'm going to give a small summary. Yesterday, we spoke about mother's work with death, how she started at the age of 20 helping people after they left their body, and how that gave her a huge number of experiences about what happens to people when they leave their body and when they take a new body. And we found that she was able to give us a pretty full overview of everything that goes on, which is really helpful. When Mother spoke about death, she also spoke about life and transformation. And here, too, everything that she said was a result of her own work in her own body. And she shared it all with us because that's one of the things that she came here to do. And everything she said about why we have to die always included something to do so that we didn't have to die, or so that we could make the life easier, or the dying process easier and more conscious. And usually, when there's something that we have to change, it's something psychological, some attitude that we have that our ways of thinking about things are holding us back and keeping us from having life itself. Now, when Mother and Sri Aurobindo speak about supramental transformation, what they mean is the result of a much faster process of universal evolution. We tend to think of the word transformation in terms of the very great changes that they talk about the eventual result of the speeded-up evolution that we're going to be going through, or that man is going to be going through. But they always said that we're always being transformed by the slower process of nature's evolution. And yesterday we went through Mother and Sri Aurobindo's teachings about death being only a stage in the eternal and infinite process of life and how death has been a necessary part. But we have had to do that because the soul is here to support the evolution into divine consciousness. And the only way it could be done was for the body to give up and be renewed again. Our mental being and our vital being can be transformed. They can always be transformed. They can follow the rhythm of the universal evolution as it goes forward. But our bodies are too slow. And now we're going to see what Mother has done and how our bodies can not be too slow. We saw various aspects of death. Mother spoke about different experiences that she had. And we did see some of what we can work on ourselves to escape death, or at least to make the process better. So now we're going to go into details about how we take birth. And in order to do this, 
we need to be really clear on the definitions of the words that Mother and Sri Aurobindo use. So I'm going to do it again briefly today. It's actually very simple. Mother and Sri Aurobindo divide our being into four distinct levels or planes or parts. At the center is our soul, our spark of the divine consciousness, with our psychic being formed around it. Moving out from our very center are the less subtle levels of us, the mind, our mental being. Moving from mind into something even less subtle and more gross are the levels of our life energies and our emotions and our willpower. This is our vital being. And finally, the most gross is our physical body, made up of inert, inconscient matter. And right next to our physical plane, where we are now, there is the subtle physical plane. And I'm mentioning that particularly because Mother's going to talk about that. Everything that is in our plane, everything that is here and comes here, is there first. And Everything that leaves here goes back through the subtle physical. Everything comes to us through the subtle physical. We are made up of the same mounting and descending planes that the universe is made up of. We have a soul. There is a world soul. We have a mental being. There is a universal mental. We have a vital being. There is a universal vital. And there's a universal physical, which is the earth on which we are. And this is how the Supreme manifested himself as the whole creation, from the most subtle out to the most gross. When we die, each part of us that is not gathered around our soul, our psychic being, returns to its rightful place in its own plane, in these universal planes. And our psychic being goes to rest in the world's soul to prepare for its next birth. Now, it's really important to understand exactly what our psychic being is. Because our psychic being plays the major role in our death, in our life actually, and even though we're not so aware of it, and in our rebirth, and in the future of death. It's the major player in what's going to happen to death itself. So we're going to go into a very detailed description of what the psychic being is. And I know that when I first came here, I wasn't clear about it. It actually took a really long time for me to understand what is the psychic being. Because we're always being told we have to find our psychic being. We have to be organized around our psychic being. We have to bring our psychic being forward, or our psychic being is behind the veil, it is guiding us. And sometimes Mother and Sri Aurobindo speaking about these things as two separate things, but sometimes you can't tell which one they're talking about. So it's good to be absolutely clear, because they're different in what they are, they're different in what they do, and they're different in how they evolve. Our individual soul comes from the self, the great soul that is the all. In this country, the self, the all, is called the Atman. 
Each one of us has a portion of the Atman situated above our head. It is called our Jeev Atman. The word Jiva means a person. So this is the individual person's portion of the great soul. And Sri Aurobindo calls it our personal delegate from the Supreme Consciousness. It is unchanging, undying, and unborn. It puts a small portion of itself down into our heart, a tiny spark of the divine. And this is our soul. This tiny portion of the jivatman in our heart is our immortal soul. It enters into us each time we take birth. And then there is our psychic being, which evolves around our soul. As they evolve, we evolve. And their action guides us into divine consciousness. It is through their presence and their action that we actually progress to the goal of creation, to becoming fully conscious. I'm going to read you Mother's explanation of the evolution of our psychic being. Quote, Our psychic being starts out as a psychic presence in our being, capable of growth and capable of following the movement of the evolution. Through successive lives, it builds up a conscious individuality. It is formed progressively around our soul, our spark of the divine consciousness. In most human beings, the psychic being is a being in the making for a long time. It does not start out as a fully individualized conscious being, master of itself. The psychic being needs all its rebirths, one after the other, in order to build itself and to become fully conscious. But in the psychic being, there are two different kinds of progress. The first kind is its formation, its building, and its organization. This progress has an end. There comes a time when the being is fully developed, fully individualized, and master of itself and its destiny. At that point, rebirth is no longer a necessity. It can happen, but it doesn't have to happen. And the psychic being progresses further from there. It can choose at will. Sri Aurobindo said, quote, When we are just beginning our psychic evolution and we die, there are beings who help us at the time of death. An advanced psychic being is free. It does not have to sleep in the psychic world, but it may remain in its state of blissful immersion for some time, or it can come back for some purpose. A developed psychic being is much more conscious in this transition and it works much of it out itself. When the psychic being at this stage takes birth in a human being, that human is born free. Now, over our successive lifetimes, as our psychic being is forming, it has more and more influence on our outer parts. It guides us from what they say is behind the veil of our outer consciousness. And Mother once said that behind the veil means that we're not looking at it. That in fact it's there, 
but we don't turn around and look. We're not attracted to see it. It takes form as our outer parts gain higher consciousness. That's how it grows. And there is a word, we can use the word psychicized. Our outer parts become psychicized, which means they take on more and more nature of our immortal soul with all its highest divine qualities. Mother speaks of our outer parts forming around our psychic being. We've heard of that. Or adhering to our psychic being. Or being organized around our psychic being. We don't do this work. So if we're thinking, my God, how do we organize this? Where do we organize? We don't do this. This is inherent in the nature of the psychic being. This is the force of its action in the world. This is its transformative force. So what we do is we concentrate on our outer parts. And the more our outer parts become psychicized, have more of the divine qualities, and we'll see what they are in a minute because Sri Aurobindo is going to talk about them. The more our psychic being, with its development, can come into our mind and our vital and physical with the high soul consciousness, automatically this gathering occurs, this adherence occurs, and it develops, and it becomes an individuality. It becomes a very high kind of person. And that's us, our higher kind of person. So the first step for us in the formation of our psychic being is just to want to be better, just to want to be good, just to want to have the higher and the better things, to work, to have higher qualities. And if we know we should have a formed psychic being, and I think we're really fortunate that we can know that particular hidden and spiritual knowledge. If we can know that, then we want that too. That becomes part of the higher things that we want, that we're aspiring for. And then our job is to reject the lower things that we see in ourselves and to consciously put the qualities of the soul in our outer parts. Then our psychic being grows because the psychicized parts will adhere to it and form it. Sri Aurobindo speaks of the supreme essence of our soul, and this is absolutely wonderful. He says that our soul corresponds to the eternal principle of ananda, of bliss. He uses the word delight, and they're interchangeable, bliss and delight. And we've all heard the supreme consciousness is sat, chit, ananda, existence, consciousness, delight. And our soul corresponds to the delight of the supreme. So this is what we become. We become the all delight. The more we can have these qualities of our soul forward in our being, and this is how Sri Aurobindo explains it. And again, I'm going to read. The fundamental impulse of life itself is to seek for delight. The whole motive of life is to find delight, to possess delight. Delight is the fulfillment of life. The soul is something 
which is not mind, not life, not body, but it is something which holds in itself the flowering of the essence of mind, life, and body into their own particular and peculiar delight of self. It is their opening to and flowering in light, love, joy, beauty, and a refined purity of being. And so here we have some soul qualities. The subliminal soul in us is open to the universal delight which the cosmic soul takes as its own existence. Our real soul within us takes joy in all its experiences. It gathers from them strength, pleasure, and knowledge. It grows by them in its store and plenty. Our secret psychic entity is the true and original conscience in us. It points us always towards truth and right and beauty, towards love and harmony and all that is a divine possibility in us. And here's another list of the qualities, the qualities of the soul. And it persists, it persists, until these things become a major need of our nature. So this is how our soul forms us. This is its work. And then we take it up and we make it go faster. Yesterday we saw that Mother advised us to put all this into ourselves and into our body in order to get beyond having to die. When our outer consciousness is full of these psychic qualities, our psychic being is not veiled anymore. Then, as Sri Aurobindo says, it can take command of all the rest of our being and turn all the instrumental nature to a divine fulfillment. And this is the beginning of true spiritual life. Here is his definition of the beginning of our true spiritual life. And then he says, we are now able to make ourselves ready for a higher evolution of manifested consciousness, because that's what we are, is manifested consciousness. We are now able to make ourselves ready for a higher evolution of manifested consciousness than the mental human. And at this point, mental man is the highest that there is in the evolution. But at this point in our evolution, we can pass from the mental to the spiritual and through degrees of the spiritual to the supramental state. Yesterday we saw what happens to us when we die and our consciousness leaves the body. But what about heaven? What about hell? What about purgatory? Are there these things? I mean, they're spoken of in so many religions. And Sri Aurobindo said that heaven and hell are often imaginary states of the soul, or rather, he corrects himself, this is a direct quote, he says, rather of the vital being, which it constructs about it after its passing. What is meant by hell is a painful passage through some vital world, or a dolorous lingering there, as in many cases of suicide, one remains surrounded by forces of suffering and turmoil 
created by this unnatural and violent exit. There are also, of course, real worlds of mind and vital worlds which are penetrated with joyful or dark experiences. One may pass through these as a result of things formed in the nature which create the necessary affinities. Mother and Sri Aurobindo teach us that during life, things enter into us and affect us because we have something inside us which responds to them. They explain that when we can purify ourselves of the lower things, then we're free of their effect on us. After we leave the body, we're going to see that this affinity continues to affect us. If we're open to dark forces from a dark level of the vital, we are still subject to them when the body dies, and we will be attracted to the plane where they are. So this is how we end up in these, what people have described or have felt are hells, you know, and purgatories and things like that. And there, Mother says, when we don't have a body, they can take more advantage of us because our body is our protection. She says at night, when we have a bad dream, we're wandering in the lower vital. And when we wake up, we've rushed back into our body for protection because that's the way this works. The lower vital is the place where Mother worked in 1904 and 1905, where she worked to create a safe passage for everyone when they die, so that people can go through this safely. And for people who weren't here yesterday, I will tell you something really very beautiful. Um, when people have some development in their psychic being, and they're able to see Mother's light, when they leave the body, they'll see Mother's light and they go towards that light and Mother helps them through the death process. And in the agenda, she talked about a lot of people coming to her and various things that she did. It was a constant work.